everybody. Welcome into the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined as always by our fearless leader, the managing editor at Horns247, Taylor Estes. Taylor, now it's our turn to talk a little arch madness. It is. Yeah, we kind of let the dust settle a little bit from the hysteria that followed the number one overall prospect in the 2023 recruiting cycle committing to Texas on Thursday. We've heard all of the recruiting angles, Chip, and um, now it's time to kind of get the team angle. So I'm excited to kind of get going on this on the special edition. We're not doing an interview this week for Monday's show. We're going to do a uh, the dust is settled review of what Arch Manning to Texas means to Texas football program from the team side of things. Yeah, there are a lot of layers to this. They're all good. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's the good news. When you have a guy like Arch Manning uh, committing, he hasn't signed yet, obviously, but you get the feeling that Arch Manning, uh, who's been very methodical in his process, you know, probably wasn't going to make an announcement until he was absolutely sure, but it's still just a commitment, but still you get Quinn Ewers, the number one overall prospect in the 2021 recruiting class. And now you've got Arch Manning, as you said, the number one overall prospect in the 2023 recruiting class. We hadn't had this happen since Vince Young was the number one overall recruit in 2002. And how did that work out for Texas? National so, championship. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about the, the, the immediate impact on what it means for a guy like Hudson card um, and for Malik Murphy and that kind of thing. But why don't we let the quarterback competition play out for, for 2022 and, and see, cause we've said Hudson card, has the edge in experience. Quinn Ewers has the edge in probably overall talent and presence and that kind of thing. But the bottom line is, Taylor, it gives the program momentum. It gives the program momentum. And there's no there's no Pied Piper effect in recruiting like the quarterback position because it's the most important position in sports. Steve Sarkeesian will tell you that. And if you have a good one, everyone immediately thinks you're going to have a good football team. Right. And it works like that in recruiting. We saw it in 99 when Chris Sims uh, came to Texas. And then all of a sudden you've got Corey Redding and, and Rod Babers and all these talented guys coming to campus for what turned out to be one of the golden decades of, of Texas football. And it really does start with the quarterback. It does. It does. You're absolutely right. Because what you said is true. It is the most important position in sports. And, you know, having elite quarterback prospects, even just from the recruiting side of things, Chip, leads to a ton of different dominoes that could fall in Texas's favor. And I think that um, if if you did not catch our Thursday um, live YouTube show, it's the first time we went live on the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel. And a little teaser here. Um Pretty sure Mike and I got ready to do that in 10 minutes. I was in pajamas when they called me and said, you guys got to go live. So um, pardon our appearance. Mike was on the side of the road on his way to college station. I mean, it was it was madness. But um, one thing that he did say, if you did not catch this, go back and listen to the whole thing. But one thing that Mike Roach, um, our Horns 24-7 recruiting analyst, said about this was um, prior to Arch Manning committing to Texas, he had 
talked to some Texas sources that felt if March, Arch Manning did end up committing to Texas, then by the end of July, Texas could have anywhere between 16 and 18 commitments. Mind you, when Arch Manning committed, I believe they had eight commitments. So that in itself should show the type of impact that getting that type of level of quarterback from a recruiting standpoint, how huge it can be for your recruiting, both for that year and then in years to come. I mean, it's it's can't be understated, I don't think, Chip. Yeah, and the key here is you've got you've got a, a a head coach who is the offensive coordinator who we know is immensely successful when it comes to calling plays, developing quarterbacks. Here's what Steve Sarkeesian can say that no other head coach can say when it comes to quarterbacks that he was the quarterbacks coach at USC when Carson Palmer won the Heisman Trophy in 2002 and the backup quarterbacks were Matt Castle and Matt Leinart, both of whom went on to NFL careers. Now, Matt Castle, the kid who got you know, bypassed by Matt Leinart, Steve Sarkeesian picked Matt Leinart to be the starting quarterback in 2003. All he did was take USC uh, to – a national championship and and then in 2004 but Matt Castle goes to the NFL and becomes a pro bowl quarterback and Steve Sarkeesian can say look I developed these guys and so when everyone's like oh my gosh what are you going to do Hudson Card Quinn Ewers Arch Manning it sounds to me like Arch Manning trusts Steve Sarkeesian to handle the quarterback situation but they also trust him to develop mm -hmm. the quarterbacks and so look it's different when you're the offensive coordinator and the head coach it's a lot and we saw last year that Steve Sarkeesian needs help on the defensive side and maybe Gary Patterson helps to to bring that in maybe enough self-scout analysis from the defensive side but the bottom line is there should be fish jumping in the boat when it comes to recruiting for the Texas Longhorns on offense for the next five, six years, if they play their cards right. And, and Taylor, we can go back and look at history to say that, you know, some of the most important recruiting is going to happen on the offensive line because that fell off for Texas for a decade. And Texas wasn't very good in it, it. There was coaching change. There was turmoil. There were misses and in, in the quarterback recruiting um, Garrett Monster. Gilbert, yeah, monster misses. I mean, no offense to Garrett Gilbert, but it, he was in 2009. In 2008, they had Andrew Luck interested. He came on a junior day, couldn't get a conversation with a coach because Texas had basically promised Garrett Gilbert that they wouldn't take a quarterback in 08. Those days are gone. Steve Sarkeesian's all about let's get the most talent in the room. Let's let's develop together. And, and let's be honest, Taylor, if – if you're kind of drawing out how this thing's going to go, if you're looking at purely, you know, recruiting rankings, you're probably thinking Quinn Ewers starts at some point this season, 22, starts in 23, and then he's draft eligible. If he's that good, he moves on, and Arch Manning takes over in 2024, most likely the first season of Texas in the SEC playing football. And that's... That's not bad. No, 
no, not at all. And especially when you have a, you know, a, a guy like a Quinn Ewers. And this is all assuming that Quinn Ewers is named the starter and that he does live up to what everybody expects him to be at the college level, which, which I think that there's no reason to think any other way. I mean, you know, we've had Riley Dodge on um, on our podcast before, and you could just tell by the way he speaks about Quinn Ewers. He, he's, you know, I obviously he coached him, so he might be a little bit biased, I guess. But still, I mean, coaches are pretty, pretty real when it comes to their assessment, um, high school coaches, I should say, of their players' ability or, you know, what their trajectory is at the college level. Um, I feel like they're they're more real than you would expect, probably. And so I think that there's no denying that Quinn Ewers probably should have that type of um, trajectory, I guess you would say. And I can't believe that we're sitting here, Chip, and sitting, saying that after a five and seven season, if everything plays out the way, um, you know, these guys play up to their expectation, up to their ceiling, then you're going to have potentially one number one overall prospect as a high school recruit passing the torch to another number one overall prospect in the recruiting in, as a recruit. And that's never happened at Texas. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's probably happened at, I mean, like Alabama and Clemson and stuff probably, but like that, that's never in my career, at least has never happened at Texas. And that speaks volumes of the, you know, what Steve Sarkeesian is trying to build. Cause you're right. You know, we, we're not going to go into the, the ins and outs of who's going to transfer, who's not. I think it's fair to say that probably somebody currently, you know, in the the quarterback mix right now with our training as a, com as a commit too, probably one of them will not be there. Um, that's just in the, the day that, you know, this is the transfer portal era of college football. You have to kind of expect that. And what I see chip is Steve Sarkeesian is building that room to where those type of losses are not going to be absolutely detrimental to the quarterback room where last year that could have been, you know, I mean, if, if Casey Thompson would have transferred after Hudson card was named the starter, that would have been terrible. I mean, you know, and, and that was, um, you know, he had kind of had to play chess a little bit <laughs> with the, the maneuvering of how he handled the, the quarterback competition last year. But I think what you're seeing is him trying to avoid that from ever happening again. Oh, and let's just stack, you know, the room with multiple number one overall prospects in the country. Not bad. <laughs> and God bless Mac Brown, because Mac had, you know, he recruited Vince Young and Colt McCoy. Uh, the recruiting of the quarterback position fell off. I don't, I don't, I mean, no offense to all the guys who've started since then, but the list is, I mean, I've got it right here. Garrett Gilbert in 2010, David Ash um, in 2011, Ash and Case McCoy in 2012, Case McCoy pretty much in 2013, Tyrone Swoops in, in 2014. And there's a coaching change there from Mac Brown to Charlie Strong. Then you had, you know, Gerard Hurd and Tyrone Swoops in 2016. Shane Bouchelle comes in um, with Tyrone Swoops. And then there's another coaching change to Tom Herman. And you've got Sam Ellinger and Shane Bouchelle. And then Sam Ellinger pretty much until we get to uh, Casey Thompson last year. And that you need stability. Yes. You need stability. You need stability in the program. And then you need to be able to recruit at a high level at the quarterback position, Steve Sarkeesian, 
Uh, one of the reasons Texas hired Steve Sarkeesian is because they felt like he could develop quarterbacks like Lincoln Riley was developing quarterbacks at Oklahoma. Oklahoma had the string of, you know, number one draft picks with, you know, Baker Mayfield and, and Kyler Murray. And, and it looked like, you know, Spencer Rattler, uh, but you know, he also had um, uh, Jalen Hurts transfer in from Alabama. So they brought in Steve Sarkeesian thinking this guy can develop quarterbacks. You've got to have that. And so far, Taylor, this is fantastic news. I mean, you've got a, a coach who's got a nice demeanor with his quarterbacks. Obviously he built an incredible relationship with Arch Manning during the recruiting process because he wasn't recruiting any other quarterbacks. Right. And he was pretty like, Hey, we're all in on Arch. Yeah. And he wanted to be truthful about it with Arch Manning. Remember when uh, you had Urban Meyer at Florida saying, Hey, we're all in on Jevin Sneed. And then he brings in Tim, Tim Tebow and Jevin Sneed ends up at Texas. Yeah. Uh, and then ultimately Ole Miss. But this this is exactly what the program needs is talent galore to pick from at the quarterback position. If these guys are selling the message in recruiting, which we expect they will, you just hinted at it with what Mike Roach said about Arch Manning's ability as a Pied Piper. Then, and you just brought in a mega talented offensive and defensive line class. Those guys want to play with a great quarterback. Yeah. And Texas appears to have uh, a room full of them now again. Yeah. You know what a defense's best friend is, is a good offense. I mean, seriously, you know, if you think about it, like the more that an offense can stay on the field and, you know, continue drives and extend drives that makes the defense look even better, you know, give some time to rest. And Texas didn't have that last year. Texas had the, opposite of that and a lot of it also was they did score quickly in a lot of drives but there were some times where the offense really bogged down and couldn't you know stay on the field and then the defense couldn't get off the field and it's like you when you have elite level of play at quarterback more times than not you're not going to have that happen yeah yeah you can keep drives going um and that's that's huge and that's that's where you really start to see the future because you mentioned Clemson. They went from Deshaun Watson basically to Trevor Lawrence and they were in the national championship mix the whole time. And LSU gets Joe Burrow. They elevate. You have to have the quarterback. Alabama with Bryce Young and Mac Jones and Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, Jalen Hurts even. I mean, they were so loaded at quarterback. Jalen Hurts transferred out of there, and Jalen Hurts played in two national championship games at Alabama. Right. That's right. when the magic is happening, when you've got excellence at the quarterback position, great competition at the quarterback position, because that means everybody else is having to match their intensity, their work ethic, and and if they're making plays – Man, you're you're gonna get receivers. Look at all the receivers Alabama's had in the last five years. You know, since that string of quarterbacks I just mentioned, and and you know they they had multiple receivers going in the first round, and that's what Steve Sarkeesian can talk about. He coached Devontae Smith, right? He coached Jalen Waddle, right? And and now with his obviously he's got a great eye for receiver talent. He brought in Xavier Worthy 
and the kid broke all the freshman records as a freshman. So a lot of momentum in the program. It could be a little bit rough at the beginning of this year because you're trying to figure out what you've got at quarterback and on the offensive line, but it should, the arrow should start pointing up Taylor. And it's, we talk about that arrow all the damn time. <laughs> Every time it starts to go up four and one start last year, you know, Hey, that arrow's going up and then yeah. <laughs> it's start going it. up. <laughs> right. And then it's got to keep going up. And that's, that's when, um, you know, you've got a chance, you got a chance to compete for a conference championship and you're developing a culture of winning. Texas doesn't have that yet. They've got to develop it. Having excellent quarterback play a great way to develop a winning culture. That's for sure. Yeah. And you're right. I think that you have to consider the fact that, you know, it may not be right away this next year. You know, I think it may be tricky for, um, some of the early games, especially against Oklahoma, I mean, excuse me, Alabama, you know, I think that you just never really know how that's going to all play out. But at the end of the day, when you have the the trajectory and the ceiling of the type of talent that the, the Texas currently has at their, you know, at quarterback right now, I mean, that that's huge. And, you know, I think the one thing uh, before Chip and I started recording, we started talking about, you know, kind of when we're, um, you know, with, with this, it's, it's obviously Arch Manning's a, a verbal commitment. He's not signed nothing. Nothing is set in stone. However, I don't necessarily see this being a situation barring some crazy, crazy scandal or something like that, where it's going to turn into Quinn Ewers when he was a recruit, you know, committed to Texas. There were some issues that were showing inside the program, which led to him to decommit then ultimately um, reclassify, go to Ohio State. I just don't see that happening with Arch Manning just because of how methodical the Manning family has been in their approach of this recruitment with Arch. It would be absolutely stunning to me if he didn't end up signing with Texas. So I, I feel very confident in saying like, you know, Arch Manning will be added to that quarterback room, even though he is a verbal commitment. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see what the next few months are going to look like, Chip, from the recruiting side of things. And that's why you need to stay over at Horns 24-7 because uh, I'll just tell you this. I just got a text in our staff group text, Chip, and we may have to cut off here in a little bit that there is a commitment about to drop soon. So uh, that that's the type of effect that this has led to. And that's a, a huge positive for Texas and a much needed positive for the Longhorns. Well, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. A um, lot of positive momentum. We'll have much more as the recruiting impact uh, continues to play out. But uh, this is where Texas has been needing to be since the Colt McCoy era. And it's unbelievable news that uh, Arch Manning would commit this early so that he can help impact the recruiting process and not wait to see how Texas's season looks. He's jumping in now and saying, let's turn this thing. That's great news for Texas football and the incredible offseason for Steve Sarkeesian following that five and seven season uh, continues and with just enormous news because momentum perceived or real uh, can just lead to good things. You know, perception is reality, I should say. And the perception is that Texas has a ton of momentum and people want to jump on board. It's the new cool place to be. Steve Sarkeesian's the, the cool offensive guru and quarterback developer. That is just fine. 
in this day and age. So um, we'll leave it there for, for Taylor Estes. I am Chip Brown. We'll see you over at horns247.com. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.